Hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the Nordic Football Podcast. My name is Jonathan Faduba, we're back for another episode and we have another special guest, we're lining them up at the moment. Uh, a few weeks back we had Mohamed Saeed from IK Sirius and this week we are back in Sweden again. We have a very, very special guest back on the show, a friend of the podcast. He's back for his third third spell, so uh, you know he must he must be enjoying it. Uh, it's the head coach of Bromma Poikana, Sean Constable. Um, I'll give a bit of background. Sean's been on the show before. He was previously head coach at, uh, he was previously, sorry, uh, assistant coach at Sanderfjord and also at Ostersunds. And on previous episodes of the Nordic Football Podcast, uh, he joined us to talk about those particular roles. And fast forward one year, and he is now a head coach in his own right at Bromma Poikena, one of the biggest clubs in Sweden from a youth perspective, which we're going to talk about. Sean, very good to see you, my friend. How, how are things with you? Yeah, thanks. Um, as, as always, thanks for having me on this. Uh, yeah, nice introduction, by the way. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, things are good, man. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show again. And uh, I think you know we we I think the Nordic Football Podcast has become almost like your career your career arc. Really, you know, you, you could listen to the archives, and it's like your whole career history. Yeah. Um, the first <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. The first time first time we had you on the show, you were at Sandefjord. Uh, yeah. And then obviously we got to know each other quite well, and and then you moved to Ostersunds, yeah. and you know we were in touch then. I think just after you left, yeah. and you know we were talking about maybe you potentially moving into a head coaching role in the future on the last show. I think yeah. it was about, about a year or so ago. Uh, and yeah, right. lo and behold, you did get a head coaching role, and it couldn't be a better one really to start with, could it? Uh, Bromma Poikana, a massive, massive club um, in terms of a first role f- for sure in Sweden. Um, how have you been since we last spoke? Yeah, well, yeah, topsy turvy. Yeah. There's no, no doubt about that. But um, no, I, I was fortunate enough to have uh, to come over uh, last year with uh, with Shella Jernovet, who uh, kind of stepped in as an interim manager. You know, so I came in as assistant just to help him out to see if we could keep Bremen uh, Fuchner up into uh, up in the Super One. But unfortunately, we just we just missed out by one point in uh, to get into the playoff situation. So. But it was uh, while I was here, I was like understood straight away that this is a club that I would like to be at. Um, and when the opportunity, I put my name in the hat to become the head coach, then I, I was lucky enough to get an interview. And yeah, I must have done something right, so I ended up getting the job. So I was pretty happy about that. Yeah, you must have been. I have to say, it's uh, when I think we obviously we've been in touch regularly, uh, and mm. yeah, when 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 we got the news, we were, we were absolutely thrilled for you, really, because. Um, it couldn't be a better head, head coaching role, could it, for a first job, I don't, I don't think, in Sweden. Um, how have you found the transition from coaching to being a head coach in your own right? Uh, you know, obviously they moved down to the third third tier, so it was kind of almost a clean, yeah. clean slate for you, I imagine. Um, yeah, but, but you've yeah. obviously had to adapt to your own role. How has that been so far? How are you finding things in Stockholm? Yeah, I mean, I've got to admit now it's it's settled down a lot, but in the beginning it was it was weird, <laughs> if I can say that. Uh, it was having conversations with my staff to, you know, just even to talk about not taking the warm-up before the game. I mean, I've, I've been doing that for nine years, and, and even longer if you take going back to youth level. Um, when I've been in Sanifield and Ossison, it's like, all of a sudden, you're the head coach standing on the sideline watching the warm up, and even these those little details is kind of a bit strange. And so, um, and understanding that that it's good to um, when you're doing the coaching sessions is not always to be doing the coaching sessions, but to step away 
allow you know trust trust your staff let the assistant and that do the do some of the session or maybe sometimes even all of the session and end up stepping away a little bit and, and watching more about what's happening and talking maybe they call it like the horse whispering you know talking to players on the pitch about individual stuff um, and then maybe taking the, the talk at the end about the collective so it's, it has been a little bit different and it was a bit strange in the beginning but then you kind of find you find your way I suppose and how you're going to behave you know what were the kind of you know let's take you back to the, the situation when they were you were obviously the, the assistant there and <laughs> fighting to survive in the Super Etten. when when you finally <clears throat> went down obviously it was a uh, it was quite a you know, I think Yon Shopping just sneaked in, didn't they? And uh, you, you know, it was like the final day kind of thing, a bit of disappointment there. Yeah. You declared yeah, well, your, you, you declared your interest in the in their head coaching role, right? What mm, can you talk us through mm, the process of how the how that came about, and you know, the conversations you had yeah. to get the job that kind of. Thing? Yeah, I, well, I think in the in the, in the in the beginning, they just expected me to go back to Norway because you know it was clear that I was just going to come in help out. Uh, help out Scheller because Scheller had a job as well you know so he was he was helping because he's a you know Scheller Jernovet is a is a, a BP legend he's on the is on the Hall of Fame he's the, the scored the most goals in the club yeah. um, he's, he's now actually currently on the board which is uh, which is great for me um, and um, so you know uh, I think they expected me just to leave but but because I've been brought up in youth development you know, uh, BP was was a was a club to me that was like as soon as I walked in there, I kind of smelt it and thought, yeah, man, this is this is this is a great place for me to be at. Um, working with young players is what I, is what I've done, and, and I've worked enough now with older with senior players as well, older players. So I've got the experience on both levels. I mean, I started off like like you know, you know, at, at Leeds United uh, in in the, in the early. 2000s and uh, so I, I've come from all that, that that background so then when I said to them listen I want to put my hat in they were like okay okay well okay we, we, we can uh, let's have a conversation and then there was I think they interviewed three people mm. um, for the job and uh, I, you know I, 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 I'm, I'm not a genius when it comes to PowerPoint presentations I've got to admit but I put one together and I had a little bit of help and did some clips and you know some of the games that we played when I was here coaching and uh, um, you know with the team that obviously went down in the end. But you know when we came in, Sheller and myself, there was no, you know, they were the players were dead, they were empty, you know. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we gave them, we, we almost did it, you know, really, really showed that we maybe I wouldn't say tactically geniuses or anything like that, but actually just got the energy back into the players and a little bit of belief and simple way of playing football you know and, uh, and it worked and I think that was that was important I think the people on the outside the board and that they could see that I got a good connection with the players quickly you know yeah um, and I think they saw that and thought yeah okay and, and in my presentation absolutely slide number two I mean slide number three the first one was just a picture of the club the second one was who is Sean Constable <laughs> which was kind of funny um, and the third one was about the academy uh, and and I, I know how important the academy is, and and I think that uh, BP went away for two three years from that model of bringing up the younger players. They 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 missed it a little bit, you know. They changed a little bit of their philosophy to try and stay in Alsvenskan and maybe spent a little bit too much money at the time and lost a little bit of insight um, to that. And I, I I absolutely said to them, I want to bring that back, even more so being in going down into the third tier in Swedish football to give the opportunity to these young players. So that's how it kind of worked itself out and thank God I was successful. Might have to, might have to uh, 
might have to send me over that that PowerPoint presentation. It sounds sounds quite uh, quite good. Um, <laughs> it was it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> what um. I mean, obviously, you know, we we become you know friends, and 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 I, you know, my my, yeah. my last foreign my last trip abroad, funnily enough, was to visit you in, in Stockholm uh, in January yeah, before right, anyone yeah. knew what the hell COVID was. Um, yeah, we probably yeah. wish we could go back to that that time. You know, it was a it was a mm. what you know in January now, but the, the time's flown. But I mean, for those who aren't aware, obviously, we uh, we travelled out there essentially to to go and visit Sean and look around the club and, and the facilities during pre season and, and watch a friendly, uh, really good few yeah. days we spent together, just getting to understand the club for, for those who don't understand yeah. who, who may be not familiar listening to this podcast probably poikina uh, a swedish club located in in stockholm um yeah. one of the biggest football clubs in europe in terms of active teams of all ages they have estimated yeah. 247 teams uh, roughly yeah uh, and, yeah. Thou- six, and a half, six and a half thousand people, uh, players yeah participants exactly from, from youth level to to first team and also women's team and that yeah. kind of thing so yeah. um but but really the the, the you know they're founded in 1942 um a middling club in terms of reputation in Stockholm. You know, there's obviously AIK. There's a lot of teams in Stockholm. Um, yeah. Eurogarden, that kind of thing. But but Brumapoiken is probably niche. You would say their their key kind of like maybe USP uh, is yeah. the academy, really, isn't it? It's 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 the yeah. it's the main thing people talk about. Um, yeah. You just mentioned that you're a youth coach. Your background is in kind of youth coaching. Yeah. How would you say that your identif- uh, you know, your philosophy as you've come up as a youth coach aligns with BP and what they're doing? And, and just tell us from your point of view what the club is like in terms of youth football and you know, give us a bit of background. Um, on that yeah. I mean, I, I, I think one of the first things <clears throat> that I wanted to do was, was to try to get the link back with the, uh, with the, uh, the academy and the first team. So when I had the opportunity to, to be the head coach, then um, Andreas uh, Ankelmark, who's been at the club for about yeah 12 years or so, he, he had a spell out in America with Columbus Crew and came back. He's been the, the academy manager, the te- he's now the technical director, um, you know, working with um, primarily with the 19s and 17s uh, players. And, and and I brought him in as the assistant. He's you know very very structured, organised, good coach, uh, very good at the analytical side of the game, and obviously a clear bridge from the academy. He knows all the players, you know, mm. um, and that then made it much easier for us to, yeah, okay, we need to bring this group of players up, and we 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 brought a lot of the young players. I, mean, I think I think we brought thirteen into the squad from the under 19s um, so you know we, we, we reached out and, and we've done that so I think that was um, that was important to get that link and that was one of the things I said in my presentation this is what I want to do we've also we've also um, made sure that the four coaches the two and the 19s and the 17s and the goalkeeping coach has, has come in at least for a week and been with us and helped out um, with, with the first team for a week all individually um, so that they, they understand how we want to work and what, what we're looking for in our players that they can then take into the under-19s and under-17s. So we try and get that bond that, that was lost a little bit in the club and we've, we've definitely got that. And you know, I watch as much as I can. I watch the 17s play. I watch the 16s. If they're at home sometimes, I watch the 19s play. So I try to try to get to watch the youngsters as much as I can, and sometimes I'm there and watching training as well. So it's not just that they hear a name, but they also put a face to the name of the head the head coach at the club, you know. Mm. Um, and I think that's I think that's really important to have that bond 
that the young players start to think, oh, hang on, maybe I do have a chance of being able to play in the first team because this guy is actually helping out young players. And since I've, I've only been here a very short time and I've already had young players coming in, done really well and already gone, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's basically it. And obviously the, the academy side of it, I, I only know from what people have, have told me about um, uh, how they how they work in the development and you know there's there's people in the club who've got a lot more knowledge about it than I have no doubt at all so um, you know they have a certain way of doing things at the BP they stay definitely start uh, if you want that kind of um, cover coaching method in the younger age groups loads and loads of work with the ball loads of orientation work to you know and and you can always tell a BP player they're very technically proficient you know. Um, and, and that's kind of like a little bit of the format. So I mean, that's basically just a, just a round a roundabout idea of where I am um, in terms of the understanding about the academy and the club. You know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you <clears throat> you um, as I said, this is your first your first head coaching role. Well, mm. Managers of, ma- managers often talk about their their philosophy and and you know what they want to transmit to, to players in terms of their values and you know they often say that players reflect their their managers you know the club the, the team obviously often reflects the manager um yeah. what would you say is the the sean constable you know way in terms of values and, and philosophy that you look to implement to the team you know you're, yeah. you're in a new role so you probably had to think about that quite a bit didn't you when you first got the job what, yeah. what were the things in your mind that you wanted to implement well um i'm gonna be honest with you i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm going to big up uh, Dan Abrahams a little bit here because um, I was lucky enough to to meet with Dan when I was in Ostersund and I brought him up there and, and, and uh, you know, I, I don't ring him up every every day or anything like that. Um, but I, I was lucky enough, he gave, he gave me some of his time um, when I when I knew I had the job and I and I, I had a good chat with him and, and uh, he gave me some ideas what to do because, you know, I, I'm a bit, curious about what people believe is about philosophy do you know what i mean um i know you can have an, an idea or you can have a, a methodology a game plan um how you want to play you know um myself um i, I want to develop players of course but also you want to win games it's simple as that mm. um and one of the things that I did is I, I, in terms of the football side of it, that's quite clear. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not scared about. Uh, we're going to play out. We're going to build out from the back. If you, if you see us play, we, we like to play football. Yeah. But I'm also, I also understand that we played a game on Saturday on a grass pitch. We play on 4G, uh, on a big 4G pitch as well. That mm. normally is well watered and the ball moves really quickly. And just, just quickly, so, just, just to interrupt you. Sorry, uh, Sean. Uh, Dan, Dan, Dan Abrahams, for anyone who doesn't know, is a sports psychologist. Uh, by the way, he's quite, quite, yeah. quite, quite renowned uh, sports psychologist. So, yeah. Yeah. so you spoke to him it, and got carry on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, in, inside of my philosophy, I'm quite happy to go a little bit longer. You know, if I have to, if I think that if it works for the team and the game plan, so I will mix it up. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm I play the Barcelona way and that's the way that we play. I'm not going to. I like to mix my game up. If you say that's the philosophy, I don't know. Yeah. But when I spoke with Dan, Dan, Dan was talking about um, okay, that's one thing, Sean, and that's that's something that's no problem for you as a coach to be able to implement to your players. In this situation, I want us to play. In this, you're going to do this and do that. More about when you talk about value and behaviours 
and that becomes interesting to me. So what I did is um, I, I, I sat down with the staff and all the players and we, we put aside two hours. We had dinner, we had lunch together, we sat down and, and, I, and I said, okay, here's a clear slate. I'm not going to tell you what I want as a behaviour and a value or a value and a behaviour. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna find it ourselves. So basically, we came up with, with, um, I think it was five, uh, five values, and inside of each value, we, we put in, uh, we put in three to five behaviours. What do those behaviours mean to you? So it's not just about what's your, what, what, what is, what is, a, what is a value. So professional, professionalism. Let's be, we want to be professional in what we do. Okay, and what, but what does that mean to you? What does that mean to you, Jonathan? What does that mean to Sean? What does it mean to somebody else? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we went through with, and we all agreed. We all, we all agreed. We all agreed on it. This is, you know, when we finished it. Do we all agree with this? Are we going to work our socks off to try and follow it? And and, and we did. And that, what I did is, is I then printed that out and I, I put it in the changing room, I put it in the gym and I put it in our office because it's important that when you get down to values and behaviours, that side of it, it's important that the staff also do the same thing. Yeah. So it's no good telling players to turn up on time if, if coaches don't turn up on time. Um, so, and, and, and I think if you put that all into a big melting pot, I think that's what it comes down to because philosophy of playing is one thing, but it's also, I think it's all together. How are you going to play? What are your values and behaviors? And, and how, how is your relationship with the players, with your staff? Because I think that's where the fundamentals lie. So you can have an idea and a philosophy. I've, I've met some amazing coaches that are much more technical than I am, technical, tactical, whatever, but maybe they don't have the same interaction with their players and mm. then they may struggle to put over their message or or it, they put it over, but it, you know, the, the players maybe don't follow it all the way through because of what is that relationship. Yeah. So and, you, and, and if you... Go on. So, so it's Sorry. the mental side of the game is what you probably focused on most to begin with and setting those those key values yeah yeah. Def yeah definitely because because the way that we play is the way that i want to play football is already the bp way yeah. it, 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 that's why we were such a good fit together my assistant coach comes up and said listen i this is my methodology sean we sat down and was like okay we're pretty much the same here yeah okay we're, we're gonna play this way so we play four three three we play we want to build out from the back yeah we, we make sure that we invite pressure so we can play through the lines we work with you know we bring our number 10 down low so we can connect if we need to we can go long if we need to so we, we have the capability and we, we worked on that in in the sessions that we did we we put that in but inside of that you've got to also and part of your philosophy has got to be within your values and behaviors how do you act when you're on the pitch what do i expect from you what is what does your teammate expect from you yeah and i think that that, that becomes and when 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 you do this as a group and you all agree do we all agree on this guys yes we do yeah brilliant okay then then it then that means responsibility and responsibility is through the group not me coming down and saying hey guys you need to do this hey guys you need to be doing that why are you not on it's not about me it's, if you can get the team and the group of players to self-govern each other um and and they can start saying actually i you know i had, I had a go at that player because he wasn't on time then you then you've really then you've really worked things out and i'm not saying yeah. that we've done that i'm not saying it's perfect but that's what you've aimed, gonna, that's what you've aimed to do that's what we've aimed to do yeah. and we've 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 yeah we've been good at some things and we we can improve on others and i include myself in that 100 percent. 
That's really, um, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, what, it sounds like you have a clear idea in terms of the, setting the behaviours, setting the patterns, and setting that kind of um, standards that the club has to uh, adapt to, and then and then from there going and playing the BP way. I mean, for those who who are listening, well, maybe first question: What is the BP way that you just mentioned? And then maybe also. What co- did you have any other coaches or man? You know, you going to a first head coaching role. Who do you take? Is there an, uh, other managers that you've looked at in your own coaching career, uh, or just as a fan, even watching football in general in world football at the top level? Mm. Are there are there coaches that you take inspiration from, from from that point of view in terms of setting the standards, setting the the, the values? Mm. My my biggest hero is Bobby Robson, or has been for you know from a long long time ago. You know. Um, if you just think of what he achieved as a, as a as a football coach and the level that the level that he worked at, um, he, and and also this this mentality of kind of like passing it on, you know, that if you if you look through all these coaches, if you go to Mourinho to to uh, <clears throat> um, to Rogers and and so many more, he's had he's had influence on all of them, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, Villa Boas as well. Yeah. You know, it, it's incredible. And and he spoke about pass it on, passing your knowledge on. You know, pa- help help people out, help people all the time. And I, and I and I, I I always find that fascinating about him. Um, and of course, you know, I, I've I've worked with Arna Sunster in, uh, in 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 Sanifield, Lars Bohinen in Sanifield, Marty, um, who's come in now as the, the Spanish coach is very very much uh, kind of that Barcelona philosophy of, of, of coaching I've worked with Ian Burton up in Osterton and, and you, you, you get snippets from everybody you know little things or some big things about um, about the coaching side of it or about the behavioural side of it and, and how to deal with players so um, from that side of it you, you get a lot of influence and of course I, I'm, I'm a massive Liverpool fan as you well know and of course you and I have some uh, interesting banter together because you're a Man United <laughs> fan <laughs> um, and of course uh, you know I, I listen to a lot of podcasts you know the uh, uh, the high performance one I, was, I listened to that and, and, and they talk about Pochettino having a real warmth about people you know hug, going and hugging everybody to fill their, their energy and stuff and you know that that's fascinating when you think about it because these top coaches are not obviously they know their football inside out, but it you know there's a lot of people with a lot of knowledge, you know, are football coaches. But why do they why do they succeed so well? You know why are they why are they so revered in so many ways? And it's a lot of it. Go go back go back to uh, to Ferguson and stuff, uh, right. uh, Wenger. It, it's got to be how they interact with the people, how they how they make the players feel. Do they, do they allow them to, to express themselves and uh, to make mistakes and to encourage them? Okay, you made a mistake. Let's go over it. We can talk about it. Let's look at the clips. Let's improve that, but don't be stressed about making the mistakes. And I think with me, if you go all the way back to it, may, maybe that's one of my biggest parts of you talk about having a philosophy is to give the players the belief that it's okay to go and make mistakes. Yeah. Do, um, do you have any examples? Do you have any specific examples of that? Like... Um not necessarily a BP maybe, but just you've mentioned there, like kind of having faith in, in, in people and, 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 you know, working on players regardless of the mistakes and that kind of thing. Do you, you know, because sometimes the game can be un- unforgiving, can't it? And you do get coaches who maybe just dis- discard players at the first opportunity. And sometimes that's considered a, you know, the, the ruthlessness is sometimes considered like the way you need to be. But you're, you're suggesting that maybe, maybe that's not the way you need to be. Yeah. 
mean, I've, I, I think I've always tried to be a little bit like that with, with, with all the players, you know. And so, some players take it and other players don't take it, you know. Um, you know, even even sometimes, you know, when I when I did the, the little bit of time I had with Sam and Godos, you know, I I didn't do anything in terms of influencing him, but I was always there to help him when he needed it, and he liked to do some finishing sessions, and I was always like, no, that was my job. Hey, no problem, in you come, blah, blah, blah. and he was always really, you know, polite and saying, hey, thanks for that. But I think a lot a lot of that was working with the players that weren't in the team, you know. Yeah. So when I when I when I took the coaching sessions, you you know me, I'm a, I'm a person that has humour. I like to, I like to. When I work, I work damn hard. But I also like to make sure that there's a there's a joke thrown in there as well, you know, to have a yeah. little bit of fun to break to break the ice. And it, it, those situations are not easy. And 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 I think since I've even since I've come into BP, I think there's players that that I like to think that they that they think that believe and and feel that I'm invested in in them becoming better. Yeah. You know, it's not just about. I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a fortunate situation in some ways that I've not got a team where I have to go and um, I have to keep this team together for three, four years to go and win the, uh, win the, the Alsvenskan. I don't have to do that. But my job is to develop these young players and some of the older ones. I've got a 22 year old guy, Ali Sulic, who's been at Chelsea. Fantastic lad, you know. And, and as much as I'm helping him on the pitch, is as much as uh, not just me but the staff are helping him off the pitch, you know, yeah. to develop that professionalism. And, and he's doing that, and he's, get, he's 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 getting better. And a lot of the youngsters are doing the same thing. So it's not just about what you do on the pitch; it's about what you what you get the the younger players to understand what they need to do off the pitch. For sure. If you talk about the big role models, it's about that they sleep properly, that they eat properly, that they take plenty of water, that they rest their body. That they, you know, and they do all these things. That if you talk about professionalism, that's what professionalism really is. Yeah. About what you do off of it. From a personal point of view, I just, I just, my, my if I go all the way back to Bobby Robson, it's like I want to help people and mm. I want them to become the best version of what of what they can be. Not just as a football player, but as a person, yeah. you know, to bring in that little bit of discipline, to be a little bit like, hey, we need to be on time here, guys. We need to work like this at this moment. We need to be doing this. So it's not about being soft. It's also demanding. And I'm very demanding when I need to be. But it's also understanding that you need to put your arm around some players and give them a, give them a hug and have a little chat with them. It's For sure. As that. I think especially at youth, youth football level, you're working with a lot of young players. That sounds like you know, you're, you're building the characters as, as people as well as, as, well as players. And yeah. I have to say that you yeah. know, when, I was, when, I, when I did come to visit, that, that is one thing I could feel in the dressing room. And you, know, you seem to have a really good rapport with, with a lot of the players. So um, I can certainly attest to that anyway from, from the little bit that I saw. Um, we talked about the BP way and you know, one of the biggest things about it is, like we said, the, the Youth Academy. Um, you know, tell, us, tell us about that because... You know, Bromma was named the best academy in in Sweden in 2017, and regularly is one of the top three uh, in terms of the academies. You could argue, and I've argued on a previous podcast, it's one of the best academies in in Europe, if not if, if not world football. Um, yeah. I could reel off names, and you know, maybe we'll talk about some of them shortly. But you know, just yeah. as an example, yeah. De- Dejan Kulusevski, who's at, who's at Juventus, um, just scored this weekend, uh, is a Bromma Poikina academy graduate. Uh, we've got Paulos yeah. Abraham, who's, who we talked about on this podcast before, uh, who just went to AIK yeah. and you worked with him as well um, there's yeah. many Bojan Georgic who went to Manchester United many many years ago um, yeah. there's so many we can name and I'll reel some off in a minute but w- yeah. what is that BP way uh, sure and how, how is how is that academy philosophy built you know what what are the secret yeah, yeah. Behind, behind the scenes of the club what is going on to create this 
elite mentality of, of and bringing through so many players. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, right now, I think we have seventy-five players playing in Europe for, that have been come through the academy at the club, and that's over in Russia and all over the place. Bundesliga, uh, you know, this this gets kind of crazy. Um, but I think I think they, you know, um, their, their their philosophy is a little bit kind of competitiveness. I think. I think that's that's a good word to use. That in BP, the idea of being competitive to win games, to win trophies. Don't get me wrong; it's not the absolutely be end and all of it, but it is something that they are brought up with. That they they have a kind of winning mentality. Um, did it push them too hard or not? I, I, I I'm I'm not going to make that. Uh, that comment uh, it, from for me, uh, obviously coming from England, it's a completely different philosophy over there. Where of course they get pushed quite hard in the academies there, so it's normal. Um, but I think they're they're brought up with a good, you know, in general, they're good football education, uh, good manipulation of the ball, understanding of space, and uh, you can see a lot of these players uh, technically highly proficient. Um, there's no doubt about that and uh, a lot of the youngsters that I go and watch now and the younger age groups kind of scary how good they are with the ball I mean my god I wasn't even close to that when I was a player I kind of sound, feel like a, a clodhopper compared to these boys you know so um, I mean at the moment we have um, I think we have seven players in the national team for 2000 let me get that two. 2005, yeah. yeah. The 2005 players are down, yeah. National team, we've got, and we've got two, two players. 2006. I mean, they're, 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 you know, there's some real stars in that group, um, and I think we've got as many players in that national team as as Jurgard and Hammerby and Aik put together. You know, so uh, it just shows you the the level that's coming out at the moment. Um, uh, and the players that are being produced, and we we just like I don't know if you if I'm digressing a little bit, but we won the the championship, the national championship with the under 16s as well uh, the other day when we beat Hecken uh, at home. So yeah, well, that, that was know, that, th- that, that was going to be my next question. In fact, yeah, you you recently sorry, just uh, yeah. congratulations to you because he just won the you know Brom yeah. just won the national under 16 championships, which is a, a perfect yeah. example, isn't it? And, and to be honest with you, the under 19s and 17s had a really, a really tough time this year because we took we took 13 of the of the youth players out of the under 19s into the first team squad, and 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 you know a, a three of two yeah three of them are on loan in different clubs now because we brought them up and they needed to be playing with men. Um, so the 19s have struggled uh, because we we've basically taken their squad away from them, and then it means that the 17s have struggled because the 19s have taken the best 17s up. Yeah. So um, you know we've been a little bit weak. In, if you want, I don't like to use that word because it's more circumstances than anything else. And you know when we've played some uh, we've played some games against you know Hammerby and, and those guys who've been very very strong and they've given us a couple of. A couple of Tonkins, to be fair to them, we didn't we didn't bring down those players to play in those games. We we let the young players play so that they can they can learn and develop themselves. You know what I mean? I think that's that's also very important to uh, to remember. You know, we we could have you know when the under 19s played Hammerby in uh, in the national league, we could have brought in 
we could have brought in eight to nine players, but mm. we didn't. Mm. So um, I think that's also very important to remember. But you know, of course, we, we we you know we're looking to improve all the time in the academy. And you know, people like Andreas Enkelmark and and, and the, the guys that are coaching in, in in the academy are doing an unbelievable job. Yeah, you know, they're they're working really really hard with the players and. You know, and, and, and pushing them, and, and I, you know, pushing them. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean I'm actually I'm going to take that back. Not pushing, but being demanding. Yeah. Demanding on the players to, to okay, this is the level that we expect you to be at, and, and you're going to work damn hard to get there. And I think, you know, if you talk about Dan, um, when I've spoken with Andreas about him, you know, Andreas said the one thing that you knew about this guy is that he worked the hardest out of everybody. In training, before training, after training, he 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 had a work ethic about him and a, and a general belief. Um, so you know, it shows you that if you have that mentality and you have skills on top and you've been given a good education, you can end up you know talking about you know playing with Ronaldo and Dybala and all those guys. <laughs> I mean, that's that's quite outstanding when you think about it. When you when you so, took the job. Um... I mean, I'm just going to run through some of the players who've who've played at Bromer Poikina's famous academy, uh, who are now playing abroad and uh, or elsewhere. Ludwig Augustinsson, who's who's now at Werder Bremen. Uh, Albert Ekdal, who's played at Juventus, Cagliari, Hamburg, many clubs. Felix Begimo, who, who who was at Werder Bremen as well for a while. John Guidetti, uh, who was famously at Manchester City and won the under 21 Euros with with Sweden. Uh, Feyenoord, you know, he's been been around the block. John Guidetti, Thomas Isherwood, who was at Bayern Munich. Bradford, uh, Joel Lasoro, who went to Sunderland. For yeah. example, um, Nabil Bahui, who's at AIK now, been at Hamburg, Grasshoppers, the Kraft yeah. Uh Victor Jokerez, who's now at Brighton, um, been, yeah. been at St. Pauli as well. Simon Tibling, who was at yeah. Groningen and, and Bromby. Obviously, Dejan Kulisewski, we just mentioned there. Uh, Jack, yeah. Jack Lane, yeah. who went to Amiens, he played in Osvenska. Yeah. You've got Frederick Hammer at yeah. uh, Brentford. I mean, yeah. Sean, for someone who works in youth football, you you know, who's come through a youth football background... When you were given the Bromer Poikinet job, I mean, it must have been a bit like giving, you know, a kid the keys to the to the candy shop. To be honest, mustn't it? I mean, yeah. How excited yeah. were you? How excited were you to be at a club like that where it's all about youth development? How how much fun is yeah, that? Yeah, I, I, I loved it. It, it was we're a really good fit, you know. Uh, we we are a good fit. There's no doubt about that. And then, and and um, obviously with, with my assistant as well is. He's obviously knows what he's doing. He's, he's a really good coach. Worked with all of the, a lot, a lot of the players that you've mentioned. He, he's worked with them. He knows them. Um, during the lockdown, he was working with Dayan and doing one-on-one sessions with him and stuff. So there's, you know, that that connection is is. It, well, I, I, when if you if you see on Twitter or on LinkedIn when I post stuff, I always talk about the BP family. And that's and that's how I that's how I see us. We are we are like a family. You know, we have over a thousand girls playing in our academy. You know, one. I think one of our girls is playing at Brighton now. I'm pretty sure. Um, so you know, we're also producing players on the on the on the on the girls' side as well. And and we are we are we are a big family. Not always a happy family because there's so many people involved. Is you know, we always have there's little issues going on always. But um, in general, it's it's to, to be that togetherness. You know, um, and and knowing you've got some of those players. I mean, I worked with Paulos for a short time. Unbelievable, fantastic player. Uh, I mean, if he stayed with us, we'd probably be top of the league now. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he's he's he's, he's ripped up our Svenskan at, at uh, 18 years of age. Um, you know, uh, Daniel Svensson, who we had as our left back, 
because of the, the the coronavirus, it was postponed and postponed. So he only played six games for us in the end. But he's gone to Norshallen as well. So we 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 lost two real top talents during the season. Um, and the biggest thing for BP is is that the future is about being at a level where we don't lose these players at 15, 16, or 16, 17 years of age, that we try and keep hold of them a little bit longer so they're here hopefully until they're 18 and 19 and then they move to a to another club, you know? And I think that's that's what I, I put myself forward to say that I believe that the club can achieve many things. I think the club can achieve um, to get to our friends can eventually stay there by being clever in the, in the transfer market and producing the young kids and the best of those kids staying with the club a little bit longer, um, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. we, we, we lose, I, I think, since I've been at the club, I think we've sold three, maybe four players. I haven't even seen them. I just heard them their names <laughs> and then they were gone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think one went, another one, uh, yeah, a young, a young kid has actually trained with us a little bit. He's gone to uh, Atalanta now on loan for a year with yeah. a view to buy him after one year. Um, uh, a goalkeeper, I think, is was was uh, linked with uh, Tottenham, and so there's it happens all the time, you know. There's always always people interested in our players, and and what I would like is to try and keep hold of them, not lose them at 16, but keep them until they're 17, 18, 19 years of age, you know, and then and then let them go. So uh, if that happens or not, we'll wait and see, because you know it's like being a head coach. If you don't win games, then you can soon be out on your on your ear so uh, well I mean at the moment the club is the club is currently second in the table in in the yeah. um, I'm going to come back to ask you about maybe one or two specific players before we end this podcast just to get your perspective on it as a coach and people you've worked closely with you just talked about Paulos Abraham and, and, and Dejan Kulisevsky a little bit there which is great yeah. and we'll ask you about yeah. one or two more maybe before we end the show um, but let's look at yeah. obviously first team matters because you know you're fighting for promotion battle right now um, yeah. you've got Vassal in top of the league and Embroma Poik in a second yeah. um, um, yeah. You're looking to obviously get either the automatic promotion or or a playoff spot um, to go back to Super Etten. What you know? What I guess one of the biggest challenges when they went down is 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 revitalising the squad and getting everyone's heads back to to fight for promotion. Um, how has it been? Obviously, also in a COVID world where there's no fans and there's been a lot of changes. How has it been your first season co- head coaching and that kind of thing? Tell us about the the campaign itself and what what you've learned as a manager and how, you know the. The promotion hunt. It's been it's been an unbelievable it's been an unbelievable learning curve for me absolutely um, it, it, from a personal point of, point of view just like you know uh, le- learning to uh, actually lead people you know um, and that's 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 people might think that's easier that's easy really you just get up and you you know you say what you got to say and then that's it but it's, it becomes a lot more intricate than that and also it's important not to lose yourself your personality inside of the job as well, you know. Um, understand that that you obviously, as head coach, people look to you in a, in a, in a different way, and, that, and that's fine. But you still got to have your own personality and be the way that you are. And I think that's that's really important. How do you I keep? How do you keep? How do you keep your personality? Or what? What is the challenge there? Tell us, you know, elaborate. The challenge is for me not to, not to tell too many jokes. That's my, that's my <laughs> challenge. So yeah, um, that's the but. But I, you know, I like going in talking with the players. It, it's something I've done. For so long that it's that it's obviously sometimes I know that I need to not go into the changing room and speak to the lads. You know, I know that there's times I need to stay away and stuff. But 
normally, like when the boys arrive in the morning, I always pop my head in there and go in and have a little chat with some of them. And you know, the youngsters are great. I can take I can take the have a little bit of fun with them and and stuff. And um, you know, try try and do it that way because that's that's kind of who I am. But of course, you know, when you when you're working and you're coaching, if you need things to be done, you have to be. You have to also have a little bit of that authority figure as well. Yeah, and, uh, bit of distance. To, yeah, yeah. And, and, no, I'm not into distance. That's not me. I'm never going to be like that. Um, no, so, no, uh, social, no social distancing going on where you are. <laughs> no, no I'm, no, I'm giving them hugs all the time. I'm just like, no, I'm, um, I just think, um, I, I think it's more, yeah, I, yeah, of course. I think the players know that when, if I'm, an, if I'm not happy, they know I'm not happy. You know, uh, because I think it's a bit like I'm more more positive in giving praise. I give praise a lot more, you know, you know. Uh, but obviously, if I'm then turn around and say, "Hey, that's that's not good enough," they understand it and and they they know that that's right. I'm not going to be shouting and all that English bluster and blah 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 and all that kind of stuff. So absolutely not. But um, I, you still got to be who you are, and that, and that's. I am that kind of personality. I will have a little bit of a joke and stuff. But when when we need to be serious, when we need to work, we work and we yeah. work damn hard. And that's always been the way. So, in terms of like having to lift the club back up again, it wasn't a problem because most near enough ninety percent of those players left uh, because we couldn't afford to keep them, and we had to a lot of contracts were out, and we moved people on. And bringing up so many of the youngsters, just like they're so giddy in the beginning, you know, they were running around like nutters. <laughs> Uh, and the older the older players that we brought in, we brought players from Sidious, you know, um, uh, that came in, um, and and they were shocked. They were genuinely shocked of the level of the young players, how good they were. Of course, they were naive in how they play, but he, the, the actual ability level that they had, and, and and how the energy, and actually how 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 they were in terms of their education, you know, how good they were with uh, with understanding the game tactically. So. Um, um, it, it made it quite easy, and bringing up uh, Andreas into the into the group, and obviously the, my other staff, we got a new goalkeeping coach who came in, uh, uh, Peter, who come in, and, and, and is is a really nice guy, and he's worked works brilliantly with the keepers, a good personality as well. When you've got uh, Palmer and Payman, who's Palmer's the fitness conditioning coach, and the physio have been there for quite a few years. The players really like them; they're very professional, they're really good at their jobs, you know, and. And that environment was kind of quite easy to develop in terms of like, hey, you know, we're together here, guys. This is us. We're, whatever happens, we win, lose, whatever happens, we're yeah. doing this all together. And, and we're going to stay like this until the end of the year. And we've, touch wood, we've, we've, pretty, much, we've, we've, we've pretty much achieved that. Yeah. Of course, there's a few players that are not in the squad. And I, if they were on this podcast now, they might say something completely different about me. <laughs> How much pressure is how much pressure is there to to get promoted? I mean, is it is it kind of um, is is it mainly the club revolves around the philosophy of youth, or is there is there that kind of pressure to go up and and you know where where's the natural position of Bromapoikin is supposed to be? Maybe is it is it is there rightful place in the Super Eton? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The natural place is the the natural place is 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 top top six of the uh, of, uh, of Super One. And, and like I told you, to go up into Alfenskin is not a problem as long as you don't decide to throw the kitchen sink at it yeah. and waste lots and lots of money. I think if the, if, the, if the philosophy of the club is to say, hey, listen, we're not going to, like I said earlier in the pod, if you're not going to spend lots of money, um, you know, you, you can survive up there. But that's, that's a long, long, long way away. 
That's 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 a that's a ten year plan. That's that's not a two or three or five year plan. That's a ten year plan. It's a long one. Right now, the job is to get back into Super One. It's a level where we need to be, and and it will be much much better for the development of the players. It means it means that there's a different pressure um, with being in Super One to make sure that you stay in Super One and that you can then drip in more of the youngsters and play them in games. And okay. Of course, you want to win every single game. But if we play a youngster and make a mistake and we don't win that game, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Right now, the biggest problem we've got, the pressure for the players, is that playing youngsters and also needing results becomes a different type of pressure. Yeah, the balance. Um, yeah, the balance, exactly. And some of our youngsters, have, I mean, I think every single one of them have developed in many different ways as players, as, as, as young men without a shadow of a doubt. Um, but, and some of them have found it difficult because of that little bit of pressure. So we, we, we have to help the players deal with that kind of pressure. And we know that that's what football is all about. But some of these guys, I mean, I had someone that... I, I started one game and I, I think my average age was 20, maybe maybe 20 years of age. I think my average age was 20. Yeah. And 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 I and my centre half was thirty six, so that gives you an idea of how young we were as a team. So um, you know, and 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 they've and they've done really really well. They've performed, but you know, it's not easy to say, okay, we're going to go and win the league. When when they won the league in two thousand and seventeen with Mjellberg, who's now the head coach in uh, in Helsingborg, you know, they didn't have anywhere near as young a team as we have. Yeah, yeah. They had youngsters in the team. Jack Lana came up through those ranks at the time. Um, and Gouda, who's there, Gustafsson, uh, who's the captain now, he was he was coming up. He was quite young that then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we've actually done it with, with a lot more, having a lot more younger players in there. So, of course, there is a certain pressure because the club, for the club financially to help even more, not just not just us, but also the ladies' team and the academy and the ladies' academy, is to get the opportunity to be in Super One. So that does bring pressure with it. Of course, it does. Yeah, I can imagine. But the one thing that I've tried, the one thing I've tried to do with the players is to make them understand that they don't have pressure. I do. Yeah. I'm there. I'm, I, it, it, everything lands on my shoulders. Sure, sure. So at the end of the day, if we don't succeed, it's my, it's my fault. It's my responsibility. Sure. Because at the end of the day, I pick the team. I make the decisions about that. Of course, I involve all my staff, and we, we talk about every detail always. But at the end of the day, the final decision always comes down to to you, to the head coach. I mean, yeah, what, of course it does. What? I mean, looking at the table, you've got the best defensive record in the in the league. Uh, you're currently ten points behind Vasselund, um, but yeah. one point clear of the playoffs. So it's looking, you know, maybe you're in a battle for for the promotion playoff. Maybe could catch yeah. Vasselund, but you know, coming to the crunch time of the season now, what? Um, well, what's your general overview of it? How, how you how do you see it? I mean, defensively, you've been pretty good. We're actually we're second in all four leagues if you take Alfsvensk and uh, Super One and uh, the two. Division One leagues, we're, we're second in all in that table for defensively, yeah. and, and and I would turn around and say that we've conceded too many goals in some of the situations we've been in. To be honest with you, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, it's um, you know we 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 knew you know to win a league is always really difficult, no matter what level you play at. Um, you, you to win one game, to win a game of football is is difficult. It takes a lot of work and effort. 
Um, and then to win consecutive games, to give yourself an opportunity to win a league is very, very difficult. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Barcelona have had a couple of years to build that team and they are strong. They've done really, really well this year. And they, they have done the one thing that we've lacked a little, we've lacked uh, definitely. They've scored a lot more goals than us. And that's been a little bit of our problem. We create a lot of opportunities, but we haven't nailed those opportunities down en- enough, to be honest with you. But... I still think we've we've done really well when we play a certain brand of football, and 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 that's important for me as well. You know that when you play against us, we're we're going to keep the ball, um, and we're we're going to we're going to move the ball around, and we can play through the lines, and we look to find our pocket players, and and we can go in behind you as well. We like to mix the game up. How long do you think so, it took you? Um, how long do you think it took you to sort of feel happy with how your players approach the game? You know, obviously it takes a t- probably takes a while to implement. The way you want to play. How long do you think that took before you were sort of satisfied? Yeah, I, I, I've got to be honest with you. Quite, quite, quite early, really, because the great thing, the good thing about over in Sweden is that you have the Swedish Cup, and we were lucky enough to have three really, really good games. Even though those games ended up being completely different compared to the games that we've played, the majority of the games we played. Mm. In the first division, and one of the biggest things for me is is is, is dealing with the, with a team when you play, especially at home. Most teams come and, and sit deep against us, um, and I mean you can you can watch you can watch Man City, you can watch Liverpool, Barcelona um, play against a low block. It is really really difficult, and there's no doubt we've we've had some problems with that. But I think the team in general, the way. The way that we settled down, having so many of the young players that all knew each other and knew how to play with each other, because um, they've been in the under 19s, the 17s together, you know. So it was quite easy to, to, to that transition into how we're going to play. We changed how we were going to how we were going to play offensively and defensively. So that just took a little bit of organisation. So defensively, we play 4-3-3 in, in offensive play, and we go into a 4-4-2 when we defend. So um, we, we've worked on that, and we keep working on that, of course, all the way through the through the season. And what we found is that when we we had a, we have a lot, quite a lot of speed in my in, in, in the team. So when we played when we played against Hammerby in the in the Swedish Cup, we played against Sundsvall, we played against um, oh, it's gone out Varberg. We, uh, we 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 drew with the other two teams. That all that one one's in obviously in Super One, and the other two are in our in our Svenskan. And we we didn't lose by. Actually, we missed a penalty against Hammerby to go 1-1. We played really well against them, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But we were in a low block then and, and, and played more counter-attacking football. And that worked brilliantly for us because we had loads of speed. But of course, then you fast, you know fast forward to the first division games and a lot of teams do drop off because they know that they can't come out against us because we the way we play. So that gives you, like, uh, what do you call it, <laughs> a different headache, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for so, sure, for sure. You know, we, we, we've, had to, we've had to work and, and work harder and harder on these kind of things. And, you know, we've been successful sometimes and not successful other times. And that's that's kind of normal, you know. For sure. So, well, um, we're coming, yeah. coming towards the end of the show. And like I say, it's been, been fantastic to have you, uh, have you yeah. as a guest again. Um, I yeah. want to... We've had a few listener questions, and, and I guess the main ones have been really around... Youth players, you know, who should we be looking out for um, from a point in, in, in the years to come? Are there any, are there any gems at the moment that you know we need to be aware of? Before you answer that question, though, just just tell us about Paulos Abraham because you you know you tipped me off about him to be honest uh, at the beginning of the season. You were saying this guy's a serious player, um, and then he, yeah. went, he went to AIK obviously, and we, we talked about him on the podcast. Where where's his ceiling? I mean, how good how good is he? I'm not 
sure. I think he can go really high level. Uh, I, I just he, he's got a he's got a belief about him. Um, maybe I, maybe I should just quickly say what he said to me on the telephone when I spoke to him before he left. You know, uh, if, if I should say that or not. Feel free. Go for it. But uh, I, you know, I obviously I was trying to persuade him not to go to AIK. I wanted him to stay with me. Um, uh, not 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 just to stop him from developing. I mean, I generally thought that he wouldn't he wouldn't get an opportunity in AIK because they weren't renowned at the time to be playing young players. Which is actually when he went, they changed their philosophy, and he he, he did get in, and he's done he's done amazing. And I said to him, listen, I think you should stay with us. You'll do really well. You'll score lots of goals. Um, and and he and he just said to me, yeah, I, I really appreciate it, Sean. Thanks for everything you've done, but. I'm going to go there and, and I will be one of the best players and I will play every week and, and, and he actually has so <laughs> and he was only 17 uh, when he said that to me so that, that you know I'm not saying he's arrogant not at all but just that he has that confidence and that self-belief in him tells you a lot and, and I know some of the people in AIK and, and they speak really highly of him and the fact that he came in and found the level so quickly just shows you how 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 good he is, and and I, I I really think he can go he can go a long long way. I think he can be a top top player. I think he's probably right now for me, that for his age group and putting a little bit of pressure on him is probably the biggest talent. I think. So That's um, really and he's shown that you saw he, he came and played the under twenty ones. He's played two games for the under twenty ones and scored a goal already. So, yeah, he scored a hell of a goal. You know? what, um, yeah. And is there anyone else that we should be keeping in mind in your team at the moment, or you know, the, the, have you had anyone well, sniffing around any of your players yeah, at the moment? Yeah, I mean, we always got people looking at our players. I mean, we've got the young, the young left back uh, Axel. Uh, Who's, who's come in, you know, and, and, and Daniel was the main player there and he went out and Axel's come in and done absolutely unbelievable. So he's a player to look at. But yes, for Cissé as well, Cissé, as they say over here, Oscar Falelis, who's who's been training one week over with Bombay already. So, um, you know, he's, he's scored 11 goals now. He scored he scored four goals in two games in the last uh, two goals, uh, games for us. Sorry. Um, he's an exciting winger. Um, got a lot of potential. Um, and, and there's some of the young young kids coming up as well. There's a young kid called Jardel coming up through Jardel Kenya or something like that. Kenya coming up. Ludwig Sia is coming up through as well. He's you know they're, they're 2005 players. There. It's got some there's some talent coming through. You know we've got a young goalkeeper who uh, who's training with the first team up with us now. Um, who's doing really really well. So <laughs> I don't know. There's there's too been many quite a few too many to name. Yeah, there's a list of them, man, and, and 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 some will make it, and some won't. You know, it's that's just the way that it that it is, and you know, we I I, I know that I will lose players at the end of this year, regardless if we go up or don't. Yeah. More more than likely, if we don't go up, we're more likely to lose them when we are to keep them. There's no doubt about that. But yeah. that is that is part of my remit. That's part of my job to, you know, you know, I I feel I feel you know I feel pretty proud and of the little tiny bit that I did with Paulos and the tiny bit I did with Daniel, you know, to help them to improve them, even if it was just a fraction, you know, Andreas can take more of a bow than that because he's worked with them for a lot, lot more than I, than I have. So, you know, it's, uh, uh, of course, that's my job. That's my job to develop players. If we're not selling players at the end of the season, then maybe I'm not doing my job correctly. Yeah. Know, it's just, that's, we, we are a selling club and we have to understand that as simple as that. 
Yeah, and one of the that's, one of the clubs. For me, that's no problem. One of the club's directors, uh, when Bromma Poikina was named best academy in Sweden, said, "You know, we we're always trying to develop the structure of the club. We always make sure we have skilled coaches in our younger teams, and we have many yeah. players now that yeah. we regularly give a chance to in the first team, and it's a uh, it's yeah. a, a badge of pride for us." So. Um, yeah, Absolutely. listen, it, we, you know, that, that long that tradition of player education and developing players. It sounds like you're in the right right place to be honest. Uh, Sean is someone who likes it, play, developing pe- uh, people. Yeah, so. absolutely. Someone someone interview, I had an interview a few weeks back, and they asked me, "Oh, you know, are you using this as a springboard to go on?" And I'm like, "No, why should I?" <laughs> I, I said, it's a, "It's a great club for me to be at, absolutely." And 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 would I want to be here for the next four or five years if I get the opportunity? Am I successful? Absolutely. No problem, because um, you know to be part to be part of it and 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 to develop the not just part of the football team but to be part of developing the club. We've got a new board in now, you know. We've got we've got some good, you know some good ideas and plans and how we can structure ourselves and be be more efficient in what we do. One hundred percent. It's uh, it's nice to be not just coming into a football club and then walking away, but actually coming in and and and. I hate to use the word legacy because I don't like to use. I don't want to use that. But, but being part of something definitely, and that's why, like I said to you, we, I always talk about the BP family because it's not just about it's not just about the, uh, the the first team with the men. It's about all of us, you know. Yeah. I watch the I watch the ladies team. I speak to the the head coach from the ladies team a lot. We we talk to each other, so we try and get all of us closer together. You know, we, we, we constantly try to make sure that we, we go out with the office staff and we go and have dinner together. So we try to, you know, it's a, it's a big organisation. So we try to, if we can get that little bit, that, that closeness together, then you can succeed, not just with individuals, but the whole group. Yeah, fantastic. Everybody. That's really yeah. good. I, I mean, I have, I have to say, as for this, I remember when we spoke and you just left Ostersunds and you were, you were a little bit probably not, you know, you're in a bit of a down period, weren't you? I think last time we had you on the yeah. podcast, you, you, you were... Yeah. Um, it's really good to hear that you're happy and you know you found a role that you're happy in and, and thriving in to be honest and, and enjoying so yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah thrilled to get Appreciate you on the show that. again Appreciate I know you're, you're a busy man so um, really good to see you smiling yeah. and, and, and enjoying your football and your life <laughs> in Swedish Stockholm so yeah. I only hope that yeah, we can come yeah. out and visit you again soon and, and uh, see you get promoted so um, yeah, always welcome. Always welcome. Always welcome. Always welcome. Yeah, cheers. So uh, that's going to be it for this this week's show. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up now. Um, yeah. But yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. I, hope I, haven't, I, haven't, I hope I haven't spoke too much. You know, I'm, you know, I'm like I get a bit carried away when. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you you've been fine. We're, we're we're heading for about an hour, which is our, our usual uh, our usual show. But, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we'll obviously get you back on at some point again as well. So there's no no doubts about yeah. that. But um, f- for now, um, thanks to everyone who's who, who's you know listened to the podcast. Don't forget you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Nordic Football and and follow me on Twitter at JF Football F U T B O L. Uh, follow my co-host Steve Wiss at Meatman Soccer. And um, if you support us on Patreon as well, patreoncom slash Podcast. Um, that's the links there to subscribe and, and subscribe to the show. So I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode with. Sean Constable, and we'll be back for another episode in the coming days uh, and weeks. So thanks a lot uh, for listening. Hope it's been a good insight into Bromma Poikina, which uh, I can say, as, a, as we've mentioned, is a really uh, an exciting and interesting club to follow. So take care of yourself, uh, and we'll be back Thank soon. You. Cheers, Sean. Thank you very much. Thanks Cheers. a lot. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Appreciate it. No problem Bye-bye. at all. Take care, everyone. Goodbye.